My beautiful wife Tracy from Esther 414 Ministries. 414 Ministries. And this is Mornings with Matt and Tracy. I am getting over a uh, COVID or a cold. I don't know which one it is because I have the symptoms of both, but um, I'm getting better every day. I'm, I like my voice. It, I feel like it's a deeper voice, almost like a preaching voice. Uh, uh, or, or repent. Voice. Repent. Yeah, there you go. Uh, early on in my Christian life, well, and I got to reword that early on in my life, uh, when I first met Tracy and we were married, I was compromising in a lot of different areas. Um, my decisions were bad. They were really, really wrong. And um, I knew about God, but I just continued to make the bad decisions, the wrong decisions, fleshly decisions over and over and over again. But again, I knew about God and we ended up, Tracy and I, at a place called uh, Trinity Theological uh, seminary, Bible, Bible, College, Bible yeah. College Seminary. <laughs> yeah. Half of that uh, campus was Dallas Theological. Yeah. If you're familiar with that seminary, yeah, uh, that's a very, very powerful seminary. That's one that hasn't compromised yet. Um, thank you, Jesus. Uh, but it was about my second year in, and um, I was talking to our pastor. Uh, we are going to First Odessa Church. I forgot the whole name of it. Yeah. First Baptist of Odessa. Something like that. And I was talking to the pastor, and I was saying, hey, you know, um, I got these problems with anger. And, you know, and I was going over a bunch of things that were going on in my life. And um, I was the student body president the second year in of our, our, of our school. Yeah. And I remember him saying, well, Matt, you're lost. And I was like, you know, and here's my excuse. I go, well, there's no way I can be lost. I'm the student body president. And I'm in Bible college. And I'm in Bible college. Yeah. How could I be lost? He says, Matt, from what you described to me, you're lost. You have a head knowledge. You have yeah. a head knowledge about God, meaning you have all of this knowledge. Yeah. And um, I remember one time, this is a great story. I was at a church and I was preaching about... Um, the fish, uh, Peter, and he caught, hauled in a huge catch of fish. And um, this guy walks up to me afterwards. He says, 153 fish. I go, what? He says, that's how many was in the boat. I go, 153 fish. I know it. I go, how do you know? He says, well, it's right here in scripture. But he was just so adamant that I didn't mention in my story. And, And there was so much application in my sermon. And the only thing... He just sat there stewing. I could see him stewing the whole time I was preaching. And he was so angry that I didn't mention the number of fish that were in the boat. Because in one 
one of the gospels it actually mentions how many well, fish. No, it's two different events. Yeah, See, that's what he's not connecting though. This event over here, yeah, it may not have been 152 fish. It could have been, you know, maybe 160 fish. It could have, yeah, because the text I was fish. reading yeah. didn't say how many fish, but exactly. he was. Exactly, it was another time when the same event happened. So this guy, he's he's just going nuts, <clears throat> yeah. literally being so obnoxious. He's, bigger picture. he's so obnoxious yeah. and so angry with me, but. The problem was that he was lost. Yeah. He had so much knowledge of God. He really yeah, did. Yeah. But just like I was lost when I was going to college the first time. Mm -hmm. I'm, what, 24? And I'm lost. 23, 24, 25? 27. Okay, there. somewhere in there. Yeah. I, but I'm lost. I think I'm saved. I know a lot because I was raised in the church. But I, I don't know God. I literally don't know God. And I remember talking to the pastor I go, what do I do? And he goes, and this is what he said. Duh. <laughs> like, you know what to do. Yeah. But it's like, well, I've done that before. But I'd never done it, you know, in a manner where I'm acknowledging, literally acknowledging, you know what I'm saying, my sin before God. And I'm doing it as an adult. A lot of times people get saved as kids and then they rededicate or actually get saved as an adult. It's a, it's a, it's a big deal to do that. But our text today is in Luke chapter 6. It says this, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. This is what was going on in my life. But I wasn't a good man. I was an evil man. And I think a lot of times now, society, they, you know, we like to categorize, oh, no, he's just made some mistakes. No. Yeah. I was an evil man because my heart was not surrendered to God's lordship, which means it was surrendered to my self-will, which makes it very dangerous yeah. because there's no restraint. There had been times where I'd lose it on different people. Uh, I remember one time uh, Tracy had never seen me lose it, and I lost it in a parking lot. Tracy was uh, let me out, and she was parking our van, and this guy was cussing my wife out because he she was parking, and we were in two different vehicles. Yeah, and I was pulling in after you. Yeah, and, and so I saw this cart guy cussing my wife out, and um, it was not well with the soul. But yeah. the, I, I won't even go into it because that's just pride. But he got yeah. fired that day. You know what I'm saying? Um, but there have been many, many times where because of who I was, I acted out. You, as a person, can restrain some of it. Yeah. But you can't restrain all of it. Because what you are, you will speak. Eventually, whatever's on the inside comes out. Yeah. Jesus said this. He didn't trust men because he knew their hearts. Yeah. I've always thought that. So let, let me just say this. This is a very short one. You guys know your life. Matt and Tracy are not picking on you. But if you notice inconsistencies in your life, more times than not, you're lost. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because one of the first things after I did get saved and after I asked the Lord in my heart, and I really truly was sorry for my sins, Tracy said it was like being married to a new man. She says, because everything changed. I no longer was angry. He, God had taken the anger away. I mean, I would just snap. And all these different things changed within me. And still, 
I'm in that sanctification process where God is going to sanctify me and teach me all of my life. But if you notice inconsistencies within your life, things that once you look back at them, you're like, well, that's not godly. That's not Christian. But you justify them. Somehow we are able to justify our actions. Yeah. And, we, and we think... Everybody's human. They err. Yeah. You know? Look, I mean, I'm, I'm, my I'm mom is a secretary. Um, she at, was, yeah. Yeah, she was a secretary at a large, large church. And I was going to that church for many years. And one of the benefits of her being the secretary is I got to go to the school. It was the, a Christian school there for free. Yeah. And it was very, very pricey. It was a private school. And so I had heard it so many times yeah. and I could fake it I could fake the rhetoric I could fake you know and everyone they knew what they wanted yeah, yeah everyone knew that saw me I was lost everyone did I mean there's you know because as a man speaketh so is he uh-huh. you know that, that that's who I was and I, I just don't want you to trick yourself guys if you notice you're compromising if you're noticing that you use inappropriate language, if you notice that your thoughts run amok, uh, that you are doing the wrong thing, but then somehow trying to justify it, listen, just get with God. You are a 30-second prayer, maybe even a one-minute prayer from getting it right with God this very day. And I, I want to speak one word of a warning to people. The mm. older that you get... The more you think you don't you, need to do this. You are saved. Well, I said this. I've been doing this for X amount of years. It's like that guy. He was like 70 or something at our church that we went to. And I mean, you could not tell him that he was lost. And, yeah. and I can think of several people at that church. Being a pastor at many churches, it's, Tracy it's, and I ran yeah. into many, many. elderly yeah. people that they were just defiant. I'm set in my ways. Yeah. This is how I Very am. Prideful. You aren't teaching me anything. You're just the new preacher. We've yeah. ran off the last five. And yeah. they had. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We get yeah. what we want. You'll either uh, step in line or you'll be out. And yeah. here's the thing. Uh, that's it's it's difficult for both parties it's difficult for like um us as the ministry team coming in and yeah. you can see this you've got brand new eyes and you can see but, this a mile away and, and again one but, of the, the the one of the things that the bible talks about and um me and tracy are dealing with this issue in our lives with someone that we know is when you are in sin you are blinded to the effects of that sin you cannot tell how it's affecting you. You'll you'll say, no, I'm fine. You, all this justification, but you're not fine. And again, we have someone in our lives that we know very, very well for many, many years. And this person has made a couple decisions. Uh, they're the wrong decisions. But we've watched different things take place in this young man's life. And he does not see it. Even when you bring it up, he cannot see how it is affecting him. And that's how sin is. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter how old you are. You could never say, I'm set in my ways. This is how I am. You have to be willing to look at yourself. Yeah. Eat a piece of humble pie. Go to heaven. Most people are not willing to eat there, humble pie. I, how, many times, so how many times have Tracy and I been to a hospital where an individual was dying? Mm-hmm. And I'm basically saying, hey... 
from my vantage point as a pastor, <laughs> Tracy, it yeah. drove Tracy crazy. I would, oh, I would, I would kind of knock <laughs> her with my foot because I was, I'm like, you are not going to say this to this person. He's dying. <laughs> I would go, I'm you. are like, saved. But you know what? No, they Several weren't. Several times I, I watched the person go through the salvation prayer. Yeah. They came out. They actually did live several times. And um, they were like, I'm so glad. You prayed with me. Yeah. Because there's something yeah. about, you know, you have people's attention when, you know, the pee bag's going dark. And, you know, yeah. they have hours to live. Yeah. And really for someone, and a lot of, let me tell you about, um, oh, the people, what is it? They, they're in the hospital, the preacher's in hospice. the hospice. No, the um, chaplains. Oh. Chaplains have oh. to sign a contract to minister to all faiths. So their main job as a chaplain This is very disheartening. This is terrible. Their main job is to make you comfortable in death. To give you whatever hope. Whatever you believe. What they are not to try to sway you or you see what I'm saying? If you're yeah. Muslim, they they pray with you. You know what I'm saying? It, it's yeah. uh, it's terrible, but many people who needed to hear the true gospel did not, and they're in hell right now. You cannot share your faith with somebody else. Yeah, terrible. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's chaplains out there that do share their faith. I would but, not but, but hold. They're doing it under the radar. Yeah, they're doing it under the radar. To. But most of them, we met some at a campsite, yeah. and they were telling me, "Oh no, I have to minister to the faith. I have to tell them it's all going to be all right. All is going to take care of you." Blah 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 blah. And then we actually did research on it because we, you know, Matt was thinking about it, and yeah. when we started reading all the fine print. We're like, "Oh, that's awful." Uh, I was looking at uh, being a chaplain at a hospital. I had yeah. the credentials, and yeah. when I was looking at what they paid. I thought something's wrong here because they were going to pay me about a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, and I thought that seems a little high, you know what I'm saying? And then I was like, I don't understand, and I thought, well, this would be good for us. And when I started going through and reading up on it, I was like, how can anyone that's a pastor, a called man of God, I mean, you, you've you've made a covenant with God as a called, I mean, you have an anointing. Yeah. There's no way you can shut up when someone's dying going to hell. Yeah. But I tell this guy, it's like, uh, from my vantage point, you're going to hell. And it, it, it shocked him. <laughs> he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, you're going to hell. I mean, I, I see all this stuff in your life. Okay. And, and this is the text right here. You know, you can bring them to this text and you can bring them to a hundred more texts that talk about who you are on the inside is going to come out eventually. Again, guys, if you notice in your own personal lives, no one's throwing rocks at you, that you are inconsistent in your walk, okay? Maybe you're faking the walk. Maybe you're truly not saved. And again, you just need to get with God and say, Lord, I've been trying to fool everyone, but I can't fool you. And um, actually, we haven't hit verse 46 yet. Yeah, let me read. really need to hit that one. Yeah, you want to read that or you want me to? Um, I can read it if you'd like. Okay. Um, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but not do what I say? Yeah. Lord, Lord it's, is a form of endearment. Yeah. It means you're going to someone, you know, like say um, I'm at the mall and you see me and you watch the man cave. You go, Matt, Matt. It's a form of like, hey, I know you. Yeah. Back in Jesus's day, it's uh, <laughs> two is confirmation. 
it's 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 like it's it's a, a way of honoring that individual, Lord, Lord. Yeah. And so these people are coming to God. They're saying, "Hey, Jesus, Jesus, it's me, it's me." And again, if we go back to Matthew, we find that same text almost exactly in Matthew seven twenty one, where they come to him and say, "Lord, Lord," and basically he says, "I don't know you." Yeah. Uh, and then then they start going over what they did for God. Friends, you never ever, this is just a free one if you want to continue faking being a Christian, okay? Because you won't fake me up. When I'm talking to people and they, they start telling me about all they've done for the Lord, nine times out of ten, they're lost. I brag on Jesus. It's ne- It's never about what I've done, what I'm a part of, how many kids I fed, all the tithes I've given, all this, all that. It's always about Jesus. A telltale sign to tell someone's <clears throat> lost is when they brag about their works. Because it's, works don't get you anywhere. It's also, it's it's not really, many times the person doesn't really have to say too much because the presence of God is just coming oh. out of them. You just want to be around this yeah. person. I mean, there's just something about that person. You can tell they're saved. Yeah. I mean, people don't want to avoid you. They want to be around you. They can't get enough of you. You mm-hmm. know, they want to they want to talk to you. They, they I mean, you just you you actually you you can't get rid of some people, you know. Yeah. Uh, like they're they're like, "Hey, okay, I just need a few minutes yeah, to Yeah, the spirit <laughs> testifies of itself. Yeah, exactly. Of himself, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um Tracy and I are invited. We're in Pineville, Kentucky, and I'm um pastor of a church there, and we were invited to come to um, some people's house to have lunch. And uh, we go over and the moment that we enter into the house, I feel this oppressive spirit. I feel this heaviness and I know something's wrong. I mean, I just absolutely know there is a problem here. Okay. I don't know if the problem is with him, her or the house, meaning they've inv- they brought something into the house that's wrong. Well, after talking to them for a while, what ends up happening is they share that the wife, um, she has cancer. Um, she was an English teacher, and she used to actually give me tips on how to preach. Not what I was saying, but she says I always tend to lean towards the left. She says 90% of my sermon is preached to the audience in the left. The people in the middle and the right feel like you don't care about them. And she says, I want you to purposely, <laughs> and what she did is she put three big red dots on the right. on the back of the church. <laughs> and she says, I want you to go in order. And as you're preaching, preach to the red dots. Look at this red dot was on the left. Look at this one. It was in the middle. And look at this one on the right. And that will remind you because people were really taking an issue. Yeah. Well. It actually helped. It actually did. Yeah. Right. So she tells me that she has cancer. And um, and I, I, I'm just listening, I, you know, because I'm not hearing anything from the Lord. I'm not under. Okay, Lord, I know I'm here for a purpose, uh, you know, whether it's <clears throat> prayer, anointing, you know, there's something going on here more than I'm seeing. And eventually, he starts speaking, and the issue was with him. Um, he had he's a part of something that's not part of the church, joined up, and um, he thinks. It blends with the church. It's part of it, meaning they they coexist. In reality, uh, God doesn't share his glory. Nothing could be further from the truth. And I remember when we were leaving, I told them right on the porch, I go, 
I'm going to shoot straight with you guys, okay? Uh, you have a very, very <coughs> aggressive and oppressive demonic spirit hovering around this house. And um, she recognized it, but he did not. He blew it off. He just totally blew it off. And I was like, your wife's not going to find healing until you address this spirit. You're not going to find the healing you need. You see what I'm saying? There was a major problem with your house. And, you know, and I didn't go as far as to say there's a major problem with you, buddy. I didn't say that, but I alluded to it. He knew, you know, uh, saying without saying, you know, he understands all the terminology and stuff. And so I just shared that with him. And she died years later, a couple years later. They fought that, you know, just fought it and fought it and fought it. Why, you know, and then I wonder... I wonder if they ever said, well, why isn't God answering our prayers? God did answer your prayers. Yeah. There's sin in the camp. You see what I'm saying? He, he made there's alert, uh, there's sin in the camp, and you got to address the sin because you can't have it two ways. Yeah. And, there, and, and here's the thing. One of the things as I've gotten older, I've realized everyone has the right, they really do, to believe and do and be a part of whatever they want. But for most, okay, they're going to find themselves right here on 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that I tell you to do? Or Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? Lord, Lord, have we not cast out demons? Lord, Lord, have we not done many wonderful miracles? Yeah. Jesus replies, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And those individuals are thrown in to hell fire. One of the things that you can't fake is the peace of God. Yeah. When I got saved, one of the things that went is my anger went. And one of the things that came is I had peace. Perfect peace? No. Every time, you know what I'm saying, I would do stupid crap uh, still, but I'm doing it as a Christian, making a mistake. I sometimes would lose my peace. Yeah, I noticed um, when I got saved that... A weight was lifted off. A weight was lifted, but also, as I started going about my life, things that I had no problem with before... You had a problem. All of a sudden... Even people. Just, yeah. Uh, Tracy was the manager of Tower Records back in the day on the Sunset Strip. It was a video, yeah. Uh, Tower Video and Records. Yeah. And she was one of the managers there. And what's funny is that was a huge place. And she has met um, tons and tons of movie stars. Because back in the day, these movie stars, they would uh, ask to have the place opened up after hours so they could come in, buy records, uh, rent DVDs, that kind of stuff. Michael Jackson came in there. Uh, Danny DeVito came in there. Nicolas Cage came in there. Uh, George Jefferson came in there. I don't know his name. You know what I'm saying? But all these movie stars, you know, they would they would come in there. But what's funny, um, she left that job and, you know, she went to Vegas where I met her and I led her to the Lord. You know, four months later, we're married. But then we were visiting some of her friends back at that store. And she said... But before we ever got to the store, when we started driving into that area... LA. LA down by Hollywood West Hollywood in that area I could feel a, the a oppressiveness difference. I mean I never felt it before and all of a sudden I felt 
a difference. I yeah. could tell there was a heavy presence of the enemy there spiritually. Yeah. And then I walk into the store, and I I saw a couple of my friends, and I I, I just it almost shocked me. Mm-hmm. You know, on some of the things that I noticed and some of the things that were going on, and it just I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, when it's like you can't go back to certain lifestyles. You really, you can't. No, there's a change, but your yeah. spirit now senses yeah, the garbage. Yeah, you never did before. Other people can see the inconsistencies that are saved in our lives. <clears throat> and, yeah. and if we were to go up here and read, it talks about judging. Don't judge. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We can see it, but we are to lift them up, stand in the gap, and pray for these individuals. Um, there are different spiritual realms for different places. Uh, yeah. So... <clears throat> Uh, one morning I'm supposed to preach and the Lord says leave and so we left and I was in Indiana and I was in Indiana and then I was in um, I guess it would be Missouri is that right? Illinois then Missouri Illinois Missouri and I didn't have any peace in Illinois where I'm living now didn't have any peace in Missouri Oklahoma was a nightmare spiritually But I want to just give a shout out to anyone that's in Texas, okay? Mm. I was struggling. Big difference. I was struggling going through all these states. And remember, I had fasted for what, seven days? Three days. Three? No, I think it was more than that. I had fasted for some different things that were going on, meaning I, I wasn't eating and I really wasn't drinking. I'm just praying and asking the Lord for a breakthrough because uh, uh, the church was struggling in a lot of areas. <clears throat> so not having any food drinking very little or just drinking water I'm my spirit is just so in tuned with the Lord and every time I enter a different state I can feel the different oppressive spirits you know what I'm saying these strongholds the Bible would call them strongholds you know what I'm saying different areas have different strongholds because here's the thing there's there's places where they are really serving the Lord and they're a lot closer to God than other places but I struggled but it was about 12, 31 o'clock at night, and I was just losing it mentally, right? Because I was just struggling, hadn't had any food. But as soon as I got into Texas, I felt like I hit the promised land. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's almost like God met me at the border of Texas. And that's a long freaking state. But I enjoyed every <laughs> mile of it. And I just cruised through there with Jesus. I mean, I, I don't know how many hours it was. It was probably six hours across it was just me that everyone in the car was sleeping and I just enjoyed the Lord. I mean, I really did. I I just sensed the presence of God going through Texas. Let me tell you a hellhole here in, in the United States. It's New Mexico. That is a demonic hellhole. When I came out of Texas, I think it was uh, New Mexico. Yeah. I, I was just like, you have to be kidding me. Because I was so enjoying the presence of God and, you know, his lordship over that state. Not that everyone's serving God. It's just that there's a remnant, a larger remnant than some of these places. And so there are different spiritual entities. Yeah, in different areas. In different areas. And this man had a huge issue with his house and his wife is sick with cancer. And... These are the times that you don't want to be fooling around. No. You don't want to let your pride get in the way. Yeah. Just because I can't see it or I don't believe it. Yeah, and you can you know? never see it when you're in sin. And you can no. never see it when you are, are, you know, you've joined yourself into 
things that are not of God. Well, you're blinded to the effects of it. Well, when you're talking about a different spiritual things, you're not going to be able to see the spiritual realm. No. You have to have your spiritual eyes open. Yeah, so and they're you not. Can, and so your your spirit is attuned to those things. But if they're not, boy, you could be in for some tough times. Yeah, you know? and this and guy was wiped out when his wife died. Yeah. You know, and it's the blame game. It's God's fault. God was God. Yeah. But this guy... It's it's he doesn't see this as him. Not picking on him and I'm not using his name. Yeah. But there was just all these different things that other people could see that I could see. And yeah. you know what I'm saying? And I'm saying, guys, if you see these things in your own life, that's just not a fluke. That's not you just backsliding. More times than not, it's you're lost. You need Jesus. And let me go real quick. Um, the end part of this chapter when he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, not do things that I'm telling you? And then he goes on with the parable and he's talking about the shifting sand. He's talking about the person who built their house, whether it was on a rock or on sand. And he's saying, um, you'll basically, you'll find out when that storm comes and whether you're going to be standing strong or you're going to be crumbling. And that really, it, I mean, you can use that in so many different Scenarios are things like um, when tough times come in your life, um, when things are coming along, are you going to be able to stand strong? And you can go one step further with that and stand strong in your witness. Yeah. You don't you don't go oh, back yeah. to who you used to be. Yeah, but in in the ultimate shifting sand, the ultimate rock is when you take your last breath here and you go on to eternity. Yeah. Were you on shifting sand, and now that storm that's going to come your way is going to be something you can't. That you it's never, a hailstorm. You get yeah. it? A hailstorm. A hailstorm. Right now, it's hailing outside. Yeah, it's, you guys can might. I don't be know a, if you can hear the thunder or not. It's but, thundering and lightning. We yeah. can see the flashes and stuff. Yeah. But there's some storms that people can't take. They're not able to. They're not equipped to take it because Christ isn't in them. They're yeah. not empowered. Yeah. You know, they, greater they, is He that's in me. But if Christ isn't in you, you're going to falter. You're going to fall. You're going to do the best of your ability. And your best and my best, never enough. it's never enough. Yeah. It's not good enough. I don't I don't think people understand that. No. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. They don't understand Our that. best is foolishness to God. He says it's douche rags. It's bloody menstrual rags. Our best. Because, mm -hmm. I, I, again, every time we go somewhere, there's always people touting off all these things they've done for the Lord. I've done nothing for the Lord. Nothing. My whole life, I've done nothing. He's done everything. Yeah. Anything I've done, he asked me to join him in. But it's yeah. his glory. He gets the credit. I get nothing. Mm -hmm. It's his heir. He created me. He sustains me. He blesses me. He shields me. You know, he thwarts the plans of evil, wicked people and spirits far from me. You know, that's just, you know what? And a lot of people... That spirit of pride, they want to be able to take credit for something. Eternity yeah. is too long to be wrong. To yeah. put your head in the sand and, and say, well, this doesn't, uh, you know. I don't believe this or because yeah. I said that, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm going to be okay. You really need to do some soul searching, you know, yeah. and get with the Lord and, is and it, ask him to make himself And again, it, it's like you said, you. It, a lot of times it's a pride issue. People yeah. do not want to acknowledge. And you know what the, the pastors did to me? I mean, did to me. He really did. He says, here's what I want you to do, ma'am. Um, I prayed. I asked the Lord in my heart. I asked for forgiveness. And you know what he told me to do? Go tell three people right now. The first three people you walk up to. Tell them you just got saved. Now I have a huge issue. 
because they are it's it's a pride thing it really yeah. is because what are they i think about me yeah i'm supposed to be saved yeah what are they going to think about me and i remembered walking up and wouldn't you know one of the first people that i walk up to it was a guy which was a, a like a deacon that i really didn't care for and um and i i told him and you know what he hugged me mm-hmm. and he says that's great news he was yeah. really happy for me. Yeah, people. Who it's they. Are all saved these people know. knew yeah. the edginess. They 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 could see the poison yeah. seeping out. You know the sharp the sharpness of the tongue, the arrogance, the pride. We don't see it. Other people see it. He was. T- I remember um, you telling me that the difference between all the other times when you were going up at every altar call and everything like that, uh-huh. wanting to make sure that you were safe. That this time you were saying. You could actually feel that weight being lifted off. Of yeah, you. there was a the weight sin being lifted from you. They had to have heard that one. That was a loud one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a weight that was lifted off me, and I wanted to be saved. I wanted the anger to be gone. I wanted God to address all these problems within my life. I yeah. wanted Him. I needed. I I think before it was just like fire insurance. Yeah. I'm just praying to pray. And a lot of times as kids, that's what they do. I've heard about hell. I don't want to go as there. As kids, a lot of times that's what they're doing. They're yeah. doing fire insurance. But well, adults do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, but it comes a time where you, it's not, it's no longer fire insurance. I yeah. want God. Yeah. I need help and I am not going to make it through this life nor the next without him. And I mean, my prayer was earnest. And I mean, it was just deep, just Deep rooted, Lord, I need you. Save me, forgive me, help me. Yeah. So, all right, guys, we love you. Yeah. Remember, I'm gonna change it from 30 seconds to a minute, but if even if it's longer, you're you can get things right that quick with God. This very moment doesn't matter who you are, where you are, and yeah. if you're in New Mexico, you need to pray for at least five minutes because you're living in a hellhole. <laughs> that is a that is a spiritual Sodom and Gomorrah, mm-hmm. spiritually. I mean, but if you're in Texas, uh, yeah. don't be prideful. But God bless you. You're in God's yeah. country. All right, we love you guys. Bye. Peace.